Welcome to Thrive Beyond Pornography, the podcast where real couples like us candidly navigate the journey to a healthier, more connected life. Join us as we share personal experiences, expert insights, and practical tips to help you thrive in your relationships and break free. Together, let's repair and build a rock-solid connection, becoming a couple that can overcome any challenge. You're listening to the Self Mastery Podcast, where we break through barriers holding you back from becoming who you want to be. Whether you're struggling with pornography, overeating, social media addiction, or just want to get better at succeeding at life, this podcast is for you. Now your host, Zach Spafford. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Self Mastery Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Spafford, here on another beautiful Mastery Monday, and I've brought someone special. Hi. Hey, Dars. <laughs> She's smiling. Hey, so on the webinar last week, we got a really interesting question that someone wanted turned into a podcast. And speaking of webinars, we're going to have another one next month in August. So August 19th, it's going to be at 7 Central. So it's going to be a little bit earlier than the last couple of them. There is a, there's going to be a link in the description. And you can also just go to zaxbafford.com and click on the free call button there at the top of the page and you can register for that zoom call but we'll also put that link in the description for you so the question that the person asked and this was anonymous on on the webinar was how can you tell if your husband is being truthful this is a really 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 tricky question to answer right because on one hand you could just choose to trust your husband right and on the other hand you have all this past experience and past evidence of why you can't trust your husband. And so I think there's a really fine line of how you get to a point where you begin to trust your husband again. And I think a lot of that comes from your experience on the journey that you guys are having together, whether or not, um, you know, he's keeping his word to you, he's you know, being vulnerable with you and opening up with you and sharing his struggles and vice versa, you're sharing your struggles with him. So really, it sounds like the thing that the person might better ask, like a a little bit better formulation of the question might be, how can I know when to trust my husband again? Yeah. And I think you really just have to figure that out for yourself, right? Nobody can tell you that you can trust your husband again, right? There's no magic crystal ball that you can look into and ask, uh, you know, like the eight ball, is my husband trustworthy? Um, (laughs) I think it boils down to the feelings that you have inside and listening to your your inner gut. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that. So what we put together today is a lot of this is coming from Brene Brown and her talk on super soul sessions called the anatomy of trust. And I think a really good place to start in terms of, okay, well, what, what does it mean to trust someone? So Brene talks about a man named Charles Feltman. This is the definition that he gives. Trust is choosing to make something important to you vulnerable to the actions of someone else. So in the case of pornography use, what important thing are the spouses of a pornography user making vulnerable? For members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, when we get married, we are committing to our marriage for eternity. 
And I think when we find out our husbands are using pornography, we automatically, in a way, feel like, oh my gosh, maybe my marriage is in jeopardy. You know, you might be questioning your choices. You feel very vulnerable and raw when you find out that your husband's using pornography. So she, so you've essentially, you've put up like this, okay, here's my marriage. This is the thing that's important to me. And now it's vulnerable to the actions of the husband. Yeah. And, and we're obviously, we're talking in terms of like husband and wife because that's our experience, but it's also, it's, you know, it happens to be that women sometimes use pornography as well. If that's the case in your situation, please don't take offense that it's only just one-sided here. This applies on both sides of that fence. I think it's just important to remember anybody can use pornography and th- we're just speaking about it this way out of it, convenience. It just makes it easier to talk about it. What about the user? What are they making vulnerable in this situation? I think this is, for really so many men, their greatest failing. And for many of us, it's really just this huge source of shame, which, when we're either found out or we confess, is a huge moment of vulnerability to the actions of the non-user, right? What is she going to do? How is she going to react? How much should I tell her? And all of you know the other questions that run through our minds we're now completely vulnerable to what she decides to do, right? If she's going to actually leave us, then what does that mean for us? And that's a pretty, I think that's a pretty hard place to be. You know, we've, we've put these actions out there. And, and the thing that's important to us is our sense of integrity, our sense of who we are, our sense of being able to provide and take care of, provide for and take care of a wife, right? That's the thing that now is totally in jeopardy to the actions of your wife because now why would she stay with you because you're such a terrible failure, right? And you're such a shameful person, right? I think that is a lot of what goes through the mind of, of the person who is maybe using pornography. I think it's also important to touch on distrust as well because on both sides of this, you see action as well. Distrust, again, according to Charles Feldman, is what I have shared with you that's important to me is not safe with you. This is really important when we take a look at the two things that are vulnerable to the two parties. For the man, really what the man is is sharing here is his most intimate struggle, Where whether he's been forced to share that or whether he's been forthcoming, right? He is sharing his most intimate struggle with his spouse. And how she reacts really helps him determine, okay, well, how should I continue to behave? Whether whether or not I should continue to be forthcoming or should I retreat and just kind of protect myself? And I think for the woman, it's that she has shared herself with her husband she's given her whole self her whole heart to this man that she just loves dearly and when she knows he's using pornography it's easy to feel like that's a personal attack so the husband's essentially put himself in a position of distrust right he has taken this thing that's super intimate to the wife it's very important to her and he's put himself in a position of not keeping it safe. So I think oftentimes in this moment when our husbands are, you know, sharing their struggles with us, it's very easy for us to react in a way 
that takes what the husband has done and puts her in a position of distrust as well in the husband's eyes. So he's been distrustful by not keeping the you know the covenant of hey I'm I'm not going to use pornography and she based on how she reacts might take a position of distrust by instead of expressing her feelings in a in a mutually agreeable way she might lash out and all of a sudden now he is feeling like okay if I tell her the truth then she's just going to hate me and then she's going to react in a way that makes it impossible for us to continue being married so I'm just going to keep this to myself I'm going to hide which by the way so let's let's be really clear about this you get to react how you choose to react because he got to behave how he chose to behave the question is not whether or not your reaction is perfect. That's not really the question. But it is important to understand that when we feel attacked, whether we've done something wrong or not, we are very likely to hide because of that. And that's not to say that he's in the right. That's not to say that a pornography user should hide because he... <laughs> Doesn't like the way his wife reacts. Right, absolutely, right? So it's important to recognize both sides of this. It's We're, I'm, we're just telling you what's happening now, that's not to say that you have to be, you know, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. You, um, I love you anyway, and all that. Like, that's not really what we're saying. But you need to recognize that if you come at him in a way that is really hardcore, and you say things like, I'm going to leave you if you ever look at pornography ever again, there's a very good chance that you're going to be driving that behavior into the shadows instead of pulling it out into... The air where into it the can light. be, yeah, where it can be dealt with. Yeah, and that's really what we want you to be able to do is to deal with this. So let's give you a couple of tools that you can use to actually deal with this. Most of you are listening to this podcast because you are dealing with a pornography problem already in your marriage. So that moment of how to react when it comes out has already passed. So if you're listening to this and that's not the case, well, start by getting you know getting prepared for the conversation because it's almost certainly going to happen at some point in your marriage or in the life of you having children. Now, that said, if you're ready to you know, get a couple of tools under your belt that you can use to recreate and build trust within your marriage, that's what we're going to talk about right now. So the very first tool is boundaries. So Brene Brown created this acronym called, she called it BRAVING, B-R-A-V-I-N-G. And the very first tool in that is boundaries. So this is really important. It's it, and it's simple, but it's one that we don't often think about when we think about, okay, well, how do, I, how do I build trust? And it is to be clear about our boundaries and to also uphold them and respect the boundaries of others. So in the case of a pornography user, this is something that you're going to want to be pretty, uh, you're going to want to think about these boundaries as you go through them. So one of the boundaries that Darcy and I set up when I was dealing with pornography pretty heavily was, she wasn't going to be intimate with me until she was ready. Yeah, so that was kind of, that was one of the boundaries I set up and the reason why I did that was when I found out he was looking at pornography I didn't feel safe right away. I didn't feel like I wanted to give myself to him in that way and so he knew that I would come to him when I was ready. And you know, it, he didn't put pressure on me to change that. I think the key here is that you upheld your boundary. You were never like, I am going to give you sex right away afterward. 
so that you can feel okay that you're okay. It wasn't about me in that moment. It was really about you saying, this is, this is my boundary. And then on my end, that was my, it was my job to respect that boundary. Yeah. Very much so. Right. It was my job to be like, okay, I need to be patient. I need to be aware of her feelings and, you know, things that I should have been doing beforehand, but that I wasn't really getting good at until much later. Yeah. The next thing is reliability. And this is really important. It's do what you say you're going to do. And you can't just do it like one time. You have and, to then do... ex- and then expect your wife to trust you. And then expect your wife to trust you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, there's always that husband that's like, well, I made, I, I haven't, I did good. You know, I, I did, did good, good this week. And it's like, yes, but it's not overnight. Like trust is not want built you to do overnight. That, yeah. <laughs> I want you to do that every day. All day for, you know, maybe six weeks, whatever it looks like. And I think that's, I I really think that includes not promising things you can't deliver on. So from the husband's perspective, not saying, I'm never going to look at pornography again. Yeah, and and it's kind of funny because in my mind, I wanted him to be able to say that, right? I wanted him to say, hey, I promise I'll never look at pornography again, right? But in all reality, that... I I don't think that's even possible. Yeah. there's not a situation on the planet where pornography isn't a, like visible ever again in the rest of your life. Like you'll see it, what you do with it is a different question, but it is something that you will come across in your life. The question really needs to be what are you going to do? And you know, promising I am going to have a discussion with you whenever I see pornography. That's something I think that you can promise. Or I am going to do my level best to avoid it in my day-to-day activities, um, but I'm not going to promise I'm never going to use it again because I'm not there yet in my own movement from someone who uses it to you know, deal with my life, and, and I'm working on that. I'm going to continue to work on that, and I'm going to promise you that I will continue to reduce the usage and work on things and, and deal with that. Yeah, and it's funny because I used to tell him when when we were in this phase where I was trying to trust him again and he was trying to be trustworthy, I would say things like, please don't tell me you're going to be home from work at 7 unless you can actually be home from work at 7, which is so dumb, right? It's such a little thing. Especially when you work at corporate and they're like, just one more thing before you leave. Yeah, (laughs) but, you know, I was always like, what is it? Um over deliver under promise under promise over deliver yes and so that was like i'm like don't tell me you're gonna be home at five and then show up at seven i got really good at this i would just tell her yeah i'll be home some sometime before midnight yeah (laughs) and for me it was you know i would say things like if you keep doing this i'm gonna leave you which wasn't really something that i was really prepared to to do and commit to you know so In a way, I was just saying things because I was trying to get some sense of control over what was happening. And that wasn't, you know, that that didn't work. And that's not really you being reliable. That's not you saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. So I think it's important to kind of take a step back and say the things that you mean and be careful about what you say. And this is, I think, really important. Being honest with what you're feeling and being honest with how you will choose to act based on how the other party is behaving, right? It's not just, 
I'm so mad I could burn your face off. It's, I, that's not a threat. <laughs> Is that a threat? I don't know if that's a threat. Um, I've never heard that before. I just came up with it now. But being honest in how you feel and and what you will do is really important because if you are if you're not honest in those in those areas then your partner won't see you as reliable they won't see you as someone that they can trust and that's really important and that's both sides of it yeah and i think honestly it's the little things right it's the little things that you say you're going to do and you do it and you follow through on it you know it's not just the big things right it's not just the pornography that you keep your word on it, it really is like if you say you're going to take out the trash, you take out the trash, right? Totally. Those little things make a huge difference. Absolutely. In the relationship. So the next thing is accountability. Those little things and are, I think, are really important in this as well because, you know, if you make a mistake... You need to be willing and able to own your mistake, apologize, and make amends. And then if I make a mistake, I need to be allowed to own it, apologize, and make amends. And this is, I think, really key here because when I come to you and I say, I've made this mistake again, uh, being allowed to own it, being allowed to like really have that conversation and be like, yeah, this is this is mine. I, I And not have you jump in and go, well, this is what we're going to do now. And this is how we're going to behave. And this is how I'm going to try and control you. And that that doesn't really work. So being accountable in terms of being able to take account of your own actions and being willing to allow the other person to take account of their own actions as well. Totally agree. 100%. Amen. (laughs) All right. So the next thing is the vault. She calls it the vault. I think it's an interesting way of of looking at it, but I think that was probably the only way that she could get it into an acronym that was just one word. (laughs) But here she's saying, what I share with you, you will hold in confidence, and what you share with me, I will hold in confidence. And she also talks about respecting my story and the story of others. So who, who gets to tell the story? And this is a really interesting one because especially as a as a spousal relationship, we pretty much tell each other everything. So unlike where she's, I think really what she's referring to here is friends. You know, if I come to you and I'm like, hey, did you hear about so-and-so and what happened to them? That's not really your story to tell. So make sure that, you know, the story that you tell is yours. But also like in a spousal relationship, you kind of tell each other pretty much everything. And it's not really about gossip. It's about, you know, coming together as, as people that love each other. And and that's what she's saying here is respect my story and the story of others. Don't tell somebody else's story just to create a false sense of relationship with, with another person. I don't know how well that applies in a spousal relationship, but I think it's important, broadly speaking, because, you know, if you hear your wife gossiping about somebody, what's she going to say about you when you're not in the, in the room, right? And that's really what's going on there. And then who you choose to confide in is really important. And I think that person needs to be selected very carefully. The other thing here is I don't know that it's worthwhile to put anything that you're grieving about within your marriage on social media. I think that's probably, a you know, just broadly speaking, a no-no. I mean, maybe it's possible that there might be a moment that that's appropriate. But I don't know that that's generally speaking appropriate. Not because that 
that hurt and that pain is not something that you can share with the wider world, but because that wider world can't really reciprocate in the conversation. So who you choose to confide in really needs to be somebody that you believe will hold your things in confidence. And one of the things that kind of occurred within our marriage, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, is where Darcy would talk to people and she would say, this is what we're struggling with in our marriage. And I took that as this is the person she's confiding in. And in none of those scenarios did anybody ever be be like, hey, you're a bad person. I don't want to hang out with you. But it was it was never just broadcast to the whole Relief Society either. Yeah. The next one is integrity, and that's choosing courage over comfort. I think there's a lot of ways that integrity can play out for the woman, but I think courage, courage is being there for your husband, learning to trust and working on the relationship, being vulnerable, right? It's not always comfortable. Yeah, absolutely not comfortable. And I think for the husband, you know, it takes a lot of courage to confide in their wife, their struggles and, and what what their challenge are and, and why it is that they are turning to pornography. Um, and it's, you know, talking to a bishop, you know, that is not necessarily comfortable. Um, and, and maybe for the wife, you know, if there's a, um, abuse involved or anything like that, the courage to leave the relationship, if that is, is what needs to happen. And I think for the men, it's, you know, get help, right? It's not easy to get help. I think, well, you know, I think a lot of times in our relationship, you've often said, hey, why don't you call somebody to help you move this thing? And I've been like, no, I can do it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And getting help is not, it's, it's not really ever been easy for me. And getting help is one of those things that we need to take a step into courage over comfort and make it so that we are really stepping out of our comfort zone and making something happen moving forward as a way of life. That is really, really important. And, you know, if this is something you're dealing with, if you need help with this, I would love to help you. You can go to my website, zacksbafford.com, and set up a free consult with me, and we'll see if this is something that I can help you with. Uh, The next thing is what's right over what's easy in integrity. You know, this is a really tough one because... Doing what's right over what's fast or easy is, I think, for all of us, a, a pretty significant struggle because, really, we want this to go back to normal as quickly as possible. But doing it right means, you know, taking some time, taking some effort, putting a lot of your day-to-day work into something that needs to be changed. And that's not easy. Yeah, for sure. For me, you know, I I just wanted it to be over. I wanted him to just figure it out and let's go back to when life was normal and easy. Can you imagine where we would be if all of a sudden, like, the first time I ever, like, had a problem and then it was, like, snap of a finger and now we don't have a problem? Can you imagine what we would be doing right now? Yeah. We would not be on a podcast talking about pornography. Yeah, for sure. The last part of the integrity is practicing your values, not just professing them. We thought for both the wife and the husband, it's important to own your agency. Just be clear about how you would like to move forward in the relationship. Again, acting in line with the values you have been taught and you believe. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to just talk about owning your agency for a second. 
for every Latter-day Saint, we often think about agency as our, you know, our, our biggest gift from our Heavenly Father. And in that moment that we are either using pornography or we are saying to our spouse, you can't do this, we are not, we're not allowing agency to exist in that moment. We are really, we're abdicating our agency to Satan. And that's, that's, that was, by the way, his plan was that we would give our agency to him and then we would all return to our Heavenly Father. Well, that's not what we need to be doing. We need to be taking charge of, you know, what we're doing and why we're doing it and being clear about that. And that will help you act, I think, in integrity. The next one that she talks about, and this is the N one, is non-judgment. This is, I think, really hard because when you're in a struggle and your spouse is not acting the way that you believe they are supposed to act, not in the way that you know they can act, you are oftentimes standing there going, you're not doing what you need to do in our marriage. And that's really rough. But I think it's really clear, especially like in our marriage, there have been various times where we have both struggled with things. Now, you might say, well, Zach was sinning, right? And she was just depressed or she was just unable to keep the house perfectly spotless. So that's not the same thing. But perfectly spotless, let's perfectly be honest. Spotless. Kind of like not even perfectly <laughs> spotless, but like relatively picked up. <laughs> right. Right. But I think it's important to recognize that creating trust, especially in a marriage, is not really about saying, well, it's okay for me to struggle with this. But if you struggle with that, that's not okay. And I think, you know, we would all rather help people than be the person who needs help. And being able to ask for help is really trusting. If you can't ask your spouse for help, as Brene Brown put it, that is not a trusting relationship. Another thing here is that if you think less of yourself when you need help, you also think less of others, even unconsciously, for needing help as well. And that also eliminates trust. Well, and I think even, you know, unconsciously, we might be thinking less of ourselves when we we, we need help. Like, we oh, might yeah. not even be aware that that we feel like less of a person because we do need to ask for help. I mean, it's so hard sometimes to ask for help. Definitely. Especially when you need, like, bunk beds moved. being able to ask for and receive help has to be reciprocal and it really has to be non-judgmental you you've got to take the judgment out of it and you've got to go go ahead and say how can i choose to help this person without judging them and that will probably take a bit of thought work i'll be honest with you okay last one generosity assume the most generous thing about what the other person has said done or their intentions in that scenario this i think is probably one of the hardest things for humans to do like we like we see somebody cut us off in the fast lane of the highway and we're like that guy's a real you know and then there are a few words that we that we're not gonna say on this podcast at least tonight but you know we assume they're doing something wrong We assume that they're a bad person when really they might have an actual medical emergency that's making them fly down the highway at a ridiculous rate of speed. And in this, you know, in this scenario of, okay, well, how are we operating as a couple? It's really important that you assume that your spouse is not doing this in an effort to hurt you. It's super important that you assume that your wife is not threatening to leave you for any other reason than she's just hurt. 
It's really important to take whatever anyone says and just choose to assume the best from it. So when you're saying to your your partner, I don't trust you, it's really important that you're able to articulate what you need specifically with your partner and be able to say to them, well, this is what's happening. When I come to you and I ask for help, I feel as though you are judging me for needing that help. And that hurts. And so I would really appreciate it if you could just choose not to judge me and choose not to think that I'm a terrible person for needing help. That's the kind of conversation that will actually help facilitate a growth of trust. And for us women, I think it's really important to be able to articulate to our husbands in what ways we feel like we can't trust them. So maybe it's a boundary issue. Honey, you know, I set this boundary that you would not bring pornography into our home and you did. So that, you know, was a, it made me distrust you, right? Or, you know, accountability, right? Like I caught you looking at pornography. You didn't own up to it. You didn't come to me and say, hey, honey, I, I messed up. I made a mistake. I turned to pornography. I was feeling anxious. I'm really sorry. I'm going to make this right. Yeah. When you give those clear examples, and, and I think there's there's a really important component here that really hasn't been, I, I don't think Brene Brown really went over it, but I think the really important component here is coming to that other person in the right tone. And, and that again, that's not to say that you shouldn't be angry or you shouldn't have the emotions that you have, but you may want to take a step back and say, how do I want to approach this conversation so that I can get the most out of it so that both my partner and I feel as though we've been heard and so that we can move forward together? And that we both feel safe in the conversation. Yeah, certainly safe in the conversation. Because I think when we come at each other and we're attacking each other, everybody gets defensive and it never ends well. It definitely does not <laughs> end well, right? And that's that's not the... If that's, you know, if that's your goal, great. If that's not your goal, if your goal is to really create the family relationship that you want and have that spousal relationship that you want, then you may want to take a step and take a moment and take a step back and say, okay, how do I want to approach this? And how can I do that from a clean place where I'm bringing this as a matter of love and not as an accusation, which feels totally different. And then the thing that Brene Brown really kind of closed on, and I think this particular item is exactly the same thing as what I was just saying, which is how do I, how do I have this conversation with myself? Self-trust is a huge component of how we interact with the world. And when, when you have these difficult conversations, the first thing you want to do is take a step back and reflect. Have I followed my own boundaries, right? Have I said, I'm going to do this, and I haven't really followed through, and so he may not trust that I'm going to follow through. Have I been reliable? Have I every single time, as a husband, come to my wife and said, I had this problem, I'm letting you know, I know it's not okay, I am working on it, and this is how I am going to continue to work on it. These are the new steps I'm going to take. This is how I'm going to, um, you know, really get out there and figure it out, right? Have I held myself accountable? Was I protective of my story and did I stay in integrity? Was I judgmental of myself? 
Did I give myself the benefit of the doubt? Did I, did I believe that my actions were as best as I could make them the right actions for the moment, even though in the end it may have turned out that they weren't the thing that the other, that, you know, others saw as being the right thing. These are really important questions to ask yourself because when you come to that conversation, you want to be in as, as trustful a position of your own self as anything. Yeah. And Brene Brown really, I mean, she hit it hard and said, basically, if you cannot trust yourself, you cannot trust others. And so that is a really, really powerful idea for me, you know, because I I think about it and it's if I trust myself, then I'm going to trust myself to know when I can trust my husband again, right? I can, if I can honor myself and I can respect myself, then, then I'm going to come at it in, in a right place. Yeah. And I think you come at trusting him from a place of I'm choosing this for my own self and for my own sake and not, I have to trust him because he's my husband. Yeah. Which is a, a, a totally different place. And if you guys want, I'm going to put a link to the YouTube video that we watched on Brene Brown so you can watch it yourselves. But I think this is a really, she doesn't talk about it from this particular perspective. So we wanted to come at this from how can we help others figure out how to trust their spouse when pornography when pornography is involved, which is really what that person at the beginning of the conversation was asking. She was saying, how do I trust this person who isn't doing what we said we would do when he's not doing what we said we were going to do how can i bring the conversation to him in a way that will allow him to not be defensive but also so that he can improve to be the person that i that i know and love and want in my in my relationship yeah and i think it's not really fair when you hear a husband saying how can i get my wife to trust me right like and and they're genuinely wanting to know. And I think a lot of times that wife's like, I I don't know how I can trust you, right? Like you've broken my trust. And so I think these tools really give us a very clear idea of how we can begin to work on trust issues in, in our marriage. And recreate that. Awesome. Thanks everybody. This has been awesome. It's a, again, it's a beautiful Mastery Monday. We always love doing this. Again, if you want to come to the next webinar, it, the, these webinars are free. I would really highly suggest that you look in at the link in the comments or go to my website and sign up to participate in the webinar. It's a great opportunity to learn these tools. It's a great place to begin the process of getting yourself some of that help that we've just talked about and put yourself in a position to where you can execute on 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 the goal, right? Of stopping to use pornography in your life, which I think is a big deal. Yeah, and you know, you can also ask questions. We often, well, I say we, I should say he, oftentimes if there's time, we'll bring someone on to get coached if there's a volunteer. Yeah, so, so come on, come on down. And, and we'll see you on, again, it's August 19th at 7 o'clock Central. If you're interested in either group coaching or individual coaching, set up that free consult. We'd love to have you. Group coaching may be full already for the first week in August, but we'll start another one for September. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to the Self Mastery Podcast. Every day I get requests from people who are looking to change something in their life. 
If that is you, if you need help overcoming your addictive behavior like pornography use, sign up for a free mini session at zackspafford.com slash workwithme. That's zackspafford.com slash workwithme. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to follow. Also, it would mean the world to me if you were to leave a review for us wherever you get your podcast. It'll go a long way to helping others find us. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Thrive Beyond Pornography. If you're seeking guidance and support to overcome pornography for good and begin creating a thriving life beyond it, check out my free webinar, How to Overcome Pornography with Skills That Actually Work. You'll learn practical, proven skills guided by an expert coach who has personally overcome pornography. Whether you're getting started for just yourself or along with your spouse, Darcy and I can teach you the tools that will help you put your life on the right path for you. Be sure to check out the show notes for a direct link and... If you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts, it would mean the world to us. Your reviews play a significant role in helping others discover the show so they can join us on this transformative journey. Thank you for being part of the Thrive Beyond Pornography community. Until our next episode, stay strong, stay focused, and keep thriving.